0: Hi there, I'd love to have my voice used on the air. Dollamore, you are a big fucking jackass. You are an anti-American, sick son-of-a-bitch liberal. I hope you fucking drop dead.
1: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 407 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by a very special co-host, the lovely and talented Brittany Page. A <laughs> 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 um, jukedom. A y- jukedom.
2: <laughs> I I appreciate that. I do have to say, you played one of my favorite opening Drops oh, at the yeah. beginning.
1: That lady's very happy.
2: Every time you play it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> I I don't laugh until the very end, though.
1: For dropping dead. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> uh, I'm kind of waiting. It's like she's not breathing while she's saying it. It's just all in one breath. A lot of anger. A lot of feelings coming up. A lot of yeah. Feelings. You just you strike a chord. With I people. hate
1: america Mm. according to that lady
2: yeah you do what 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 do you think
1: the deal is (laughs) what do you think the deal is uh for her in her head Mm -hmm. to she i I believe that lady really believes what she's saying oh yeah that i hate this country Mm -hmm. yep how insane is that I had dedicated a, lo- a pretty big portion of my life serving this country.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. that's not,
1: you know, I'm a hero. Everybody knows how I feel about all that shit.
2: Jesse was a Marine. But it's just, it, it's a weird
1: compulsion. I don't think like her. Mm-hmm. She thinks the same way I thought when I was 22. Mm hmm. As soon as I went to work for the Senate, I learned very quickly Uh upon leaving the Marine Corps that uh, that's not how it works. Yeah. When I was an idiot watching C-SPAN and Washington Journal in the morning because I was just that cool. Mm. And they have their Democrat line and their Republican line. Phone, phone lines when you call in. Yeah. I used to think, these people, they just, they want to tear America down. They, uh, the same shit you hear. Uh-huh. But I was a—I was a dumb kid. Yeah. For a grown person to, to have lived their life, I don't know. It, <laughs> it fucking, I mean, it, it's funny, but really, it's kind of goddamn tragic.
2: It's terrible. You're describing the uh, reality that we're currently living in. Yeah. The political climate where there's there's no reasonable disagreements. you're
1: like, I don't think that lady hates our country. I think that lady does love our country. Mm-hmm. she she just has a a completely different idea about how the country should be.
2: yeah, it becomes any kind of disagreement becomes you're an enemy, yeah, and that's really unfortunate. And I think there are obviously people that you can um have a little bit more contempt for, you know, racists, yeah. people like that. Sure. But if if people just have reasonable disagreements on how yeah. they think the country should be ran and the issues that are most important to them, then you should be able to talk about that without wishing that someone drops dead. Yeah, I think
1: uh, <laughs> I, I think another way to look at this might be as far as the hate angle is concerned. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's any dislike of country, let's not use the word hate. Not because I don't like the word hate, because I really like the word hate. Uh (laughs) Um, If there's any, like, I got a problem with my country. Mm -hmm. She has a problem. We both have a problem with the country as it is. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Both of us, that lady and me. But she looks backwards, and that's the country she loves. Right. And I look forward forward. And that's the country I love. Yeah. I look backward and think, oh, Jesus, we got some fucking problems. <laughs>
2: there's some <laughs> shit we did
1: wrong. Yeah. Let's not do that again.
2: Yeah, well, and and that's another important point, which is it doesn't mean that you hate the country if you think that there's things that can be improved. If you If you have a partner and you don't, Think everything about them is perfect and wonderful, and maybe there's some things that are not that perfect. That doesn't mean that you hate them, right? You love them, and everyone has flaws, including including the country.
1: Therapist Brittany Page. The everybody. country,
2: the country has flaws, and you can love it and want to fix those flaws, yes. and work on those flaws at the same time while loving it, right? Apparently,
1: though, I just want to burn it to the fucking ground. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, there's a we're 407 episodes in, and that's all I've heard. So, listen. Uh,
1: let me say this to that lady's credit, she did pronounce my name perfectly.
2: Yeah, that was really good. Good job.
1: Wasn't Dolmore.
2: Dollamore.
1: Dollymore. <laughs> it was Dollamore. Yeah. Very you good. Go. You know what else is very good? What? The goddamn internet lately mm. is killing it.
2: Yeah, I mean, what are you talking about specifically? Because normally the internet is not killing it, well, no, and it's well, a terrible well, no, environment for everyone. For <laughs> sure,
1: it still is. I mean, it's it's the internet, the part of the internet that I love right now is one the fact that we are outing we, you know, me and the internet. We're doing it together in cahoots. Yeah, outing people who are assholes, like this guy in the in the in Manhattan who's he happens to hear some employees speaking to one another in, in, in Spanish. So, of course, they must be illegal aliens on whom he's going to call ICE.
2: Yeah, this is a really strange situation and something that you wouldn't expect to happen at a place called Fresh Kitchen.
1: In in Manhattan, in New York City, Yeah, the most, very well could be, I mean, you're hearing it on the news, but it really could be the most multicultural area, um, you know, few square miles on the goddamn planet.
2: Yeah, so he hears people, and I don't know if they were employees or customers, um, speaking Spanish, and he just flies off the handle. Loses and, it. And people are cussing at him and telling him he's ignorant, and all of that's good, and I think, true. for him. Yeah, um, But... He he starts threatening to call ice and saying, I support them, I pay for their welfare. They're working. <laughs> you know, like what are you talking about? You don't know anything about these people. Yeah. And and he's yelling, making a scene in front of everybody. And it's he just He looks like
1: he's methed out. I'm I mean, i do not think that's the case. But he looks like he's in a manic freakout.
2: Apparently he's an attorney.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. And I just saw it on the news this morning that there there is footage of him from 2016 out on the street doing pretty much the same goddamn thing.
2: Mm-hmm. So he just keeps doing this to it's people. It's a
1: pattern of behavior.
2: Yeah. So.
1: And you know why? And he was
2: recorded that time. You know why? Are yeah, you saying? Yeah,
1: yeah, it was recorded. You know why? It's because there's been no consequence for this guy. Mm-hmm. It hasn't adversely affected his existence. Yeah. To behave like this.
2: Well, That would actually be an interesting project for somebody to take up, which is to find these people and interview them um, after this happens, maybe like a few months down the line and see how the media attention and scrutiny has adversely affected their their lives. And I wonder if... Like the lady who called the police at the barbecue that, that has become a meme.
1: I have participated in that. In the meme. <laughs> in the meme making.
2: Yes. She, if you haven't seen it, I believe it was in Oakland. And this black family is having a barbecue. Um, Minding
1: their own goddamn business in the park.
2: Yeah. And she starts calling the police on them because she's very passionate about the environment and is very concerned <laughs> about the charcoal grill that they have that they're not supposed to have in that specific area. There's, like, non-charcoal designated areas and charcoal designated areas. And she was, like, very concerned that they were not in the right area. She
1: called the police.
2: Okay, but not only that, she was... Because they were using charcoal. She was on the phone with the police for, like, 20 minutes. Okay, this is, like, a substantial chunk of her day dedicated to doing this. And then the cop gets there and she like has a very dramatic breakdown where she's just like the best actress of our time um, crying to the police uh, officer. That's a
1: joke. It was obvious that she was putting it on because the cops had arrived. Yeah, I'm saying she's she was acting. A,
2: she, she was acting for sure. She was a
1: recalcitrant lame person mm-hmm. before that mm-hmm. acting like an asshole. And then as soon as they got there, <laughs> I, I was afraid for my life. They are yeah. harassing me. Harassing? They're yeah. having a barbecue. You're calling the cops.
2: Yeah, but th- and this keeps happening. So I think that it is good for people to see this. Um, it's, it's strange to me that... Hence,
1: w- the, I- the internet is winning.
2: Yeah, it's strange to me that when the phone flips on, <laughs> that people continue their shitty behavior.
1: I, I think there, what happens is there's, there's two things that go on in somebody's head. It's either, oh shit, I better stop because... I'm going to become a meme because Jesse is going to Photoshop me behind Barack and Michelle Obama at the inauguration.
2: Yeah. Or
1: it's, well.
2: Already I'm in already, it this far.
1: I'm already in this far. I better just double <laughs> down and carry on.
2: Yeah, that seems like a poor choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: and this woman has like a PhD, went to Stanford.
2: Yeah, I didn't look into it, but...
1: And, and Same with this other guy. I mean, you're gonna get found out. You're going to get outed, and...
2: Well, and that's a good point that you're making, too. So, it's not just... Um, you're not playing the banjo. It's not just <laughs> banjo music, um, people. <laughs> that sounds bad. Um, it's not just... She's not a Christian, lady. She's not a Christian! It, it's, it's not just... Donald Trump voters, right? (laughs) I got them all. I mean, maybe these people are, I don't know, but these are um, highly educated people. Yeah. Who obviously have racist tendencies, right? Um, So, I mean, he sees people speaking Spanish and immediately starts talking about welfare and calling ICE. Yeah,
1: and that's That's
2: where he goes. Yeah, yeah. So... Um it, it's just it's strange to me and I I think it's important that people see listen there's all kinds of different people from all kinds of different backgrounds all kinds of different educational attainments um and they're behaving this way. Uh, so so you can't group racism and say it's only a problem in in this yeah, category. Sure. People have It's not just
1: this guy.
4: No Trump, baby.
2: Right. People have these tendencies and we all need to keep Keep working on it. Um, And what I like about these videos is you see white people um, standing up. And particularly in that situation with the woman calling the police on the black family having a barbecue. The woman filming was a white woman. Yeah. And saying, why are you doing this? Is it because they're black? And she was challenging her. And that's what white people need to do is step in. And hold other white people accountable yeah, w- when they sure. are trying to ruin people's day and they're create like a trauma in their life.
1: Well, the other thing is, is this whole this whole aspect of calling the cops on black people who aren't doing anything but having a barbecue, whether or not they had charcoal in their grill, or, or, is, is irrelevant because you don't, you shouldn't call armed officers of the state mm-hmm. because they're using charcoal in their grill. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yes.
1: You know what I mean. I mean. Yes. We're we're watching kids getting choke slammed by giant cops after prom. Right. We're, people can be hurt. People can be killed.
2: Yes. It's serious.
1: Because cops aren't good at de-escalating situations. Right. They are very good at escalating situations to where it requires quote unquote a deadly force. Right. That's a problem, and white people need to be fucking very aware of it. Hell, I think black people need to be aware of it. Mm -hmm. Even John Legend tweeted the other day about, hey, quit calling the cops.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: No good comes from that in many situations.
2: Right. Well, and after that barbecue situation, I think the police did release a statement and say something about how like calling the police is reserved for emergency situations (laughs) you know like if if you're in danger or something that's great but like can you work the barbecue dilemma that you have out on your own resources (laughs) are
1: finite yeah you know
2: yeah i know it's like a serious deal with the environment and everything but you
1: know the other thing about the language thing with that douche in new york city is i mean there's a lot of countries that are pretty homogeneous across the the globe scandinavia has a set of countries. You know, but most countries, people speak multiple languages. Mm-hmm. We are kind of on our own. I mean, there are there are a few others, but we're kind of on our own mm-hmm. with people not speaking other languages. Yeah, Canada, they have two official languages, English and French. Yeah. Are you going to get pissed off if you hear... I mean, in India, they speak dozens of languages.
2: Well, also, don't be proud that you can't speak more than one language that's actually like not good
1: so also, don't assume that because someone speaks another language they're here illegally
2: yeah but I, <laughs> I just this attitude of you need you need to speak english like no you should learn other languages yeah. that's an important skill to have actually so <laughs> it's weird man. you know I, that's actually an important skill develop it and quit criticizing other people that have the skill that you wish you had, it's which is even, another language. It's not
1: even criticizing them. It's threatening to have them deported via armed agents well, of the state. I'm not
2: talking about this specific instance oh. when I say that, but <laughs> it, it's, this is generally a talking point that you hear. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Ugh. All right. Let's get to some voicemails.
0: Hi, this is Charity. Um, I was in with my daughter, Miranda here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I wanted to call in today because um, of what what Donald Trump said today about immigrants being animals. Um, I haven't been this upset, although there was so much to be upset about um, over the last year or so, I haven't been this upset since, um, since the election. Um... Because when I think that it can't get worse, when I think that he can't say anything more disgusting, he he lowers the bar. Um,
5: And I know that
0: Republicans or people that are right-leaning or whoever supports him will say, oh, I'm taking this out of context. He meant bad people. He meant the criminals that are coming over. Okay, well, why would you describe any human being as an animal, I mean, we are biologically animals, but why would you describe them as an animal? I feel that this man lacks humanity, he really is, um, I don't even have a word to describe it, and it feels very surreal living in this time. I was talking to my daughter yesterday and I said, you know, in 20 years, excuse me, that was my phone, in 20 years, you're going to look back on this and say, how did this happen in our time? How was this man elected? What went wrong? This will be a blip on the screen. I remember the Clinton scandal. I remember how incensed Um, Republicans were about it, and how disgusted, and how they wanted to impeach him, and how they wanted him imprisoned, and how (laughs) they just, and here we are now, in 2018, um, with everything that's gone on, and now today, people are reduced, brown people are reduced to animals, brown people that cross the border from whatever desperate and horrible situation they're in are now animals. We can talk about immigration all day long, about the process, about uh, obtaining a visa, but we all know how very, very difficult and stringent that process is and and how hard it is to get into this country legally.
1: Over the three-minute mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, look I agree I, I think he, Here's here's the problem With with the, the time we live right now That upset charity A great deal obviously And mm-hmm. justifiably so
6: mm-hmm.
1: Maybe I'm so callous That it didn't he, Here's the audio that she's referring to
3: We have people coming into the country who are Trying to come in We're stopping a lot of them But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. And we're taking them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before.
1: I'm going to pause it. We'll finish it in a second. But um, he has created an atmosphere in this country unlike anything we've ever seen. He likes to use that phrase, the world has never seen, blah, blah, blah. But he, he really has done something no one's ever done. And that's bring us from the brink of a nation where we could we could have a conversation about race to this. Where it, it didn't ruffle my feathers. I, I knew it was bad. It's not not that. But so much other shit goes bad with him. He says so many terrible, horrible things. This didn't raise my needle.
2: Well, I think it just, it gets thrown into the pile of, well, there he goes again. Yeah. With the dog whistles. Because, again, that's, that's all I hear when
1: yeah. I hear this. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, because it's dehumanizing language. Yeah. That goes to the people that support him to help them uh, not have empathy for immigrants. And if you think of them as not fully human or not human, then it's easier for you to deny the reality of their struggle and how difficult their life is and what they have to endure and uh, how their families are being ripped apart. And if you use dehumanizing language, and that does the work for you a little bit there and, and helps make Donald Trump's case easier when it's he's selling step. it to the
1: people. It's one step in a process. Look, people talk about Hitler and, you know, you shouldn't bring up Hitler. This is what Hitler did. Started with dehumanizing. They're subhuman. They're they're not quite fully human. They're, he dehumanized the Jewish people to where it was a more palatable proposition in the minds of Germans when shit started going fucking sideways.
2: So when I talk about dog whistle, I'm also referring to like, you know, Ted Nugent calling Barack Obama a subhuman mongrel. Yes. Um, Things like that. and And this talking point is typically used against people of color like Charity commented on. Um, and so yes, the question that Donald Trump was responding to was about M- the MS thirteen street gang. A woman had said something about it, and this was his response. But again, he didn't say these gang members, these right. violent gang members. He these, lumped everybody together. These violent members of the terrible MS thirteen gang. He didn't say that. He was just talking broadly
1: about well, i believe to donald trump there's no difference between the ms13 and the the migrant worker family who entered the country without documentation
2: and and again it's too it's beneficial for him to lump them together because yeah. that's what the base wants to hear. The base doesn't want to hear a nuanced perspective about <laughs> um, MS-13 and, well, we can't break families apart and we need to ensure that we're we're being cautious here about who ICE is targeting and blah, blah, blah. No. They want what he said.
1: They're animals.
2: So. But,
1: you know, it gives me hope that Charity, that there is still this reaction. Mm-hmm. We need this reaction. It's not a good thing that it doesn't raise that it doesn't trip my switch. So, Charity, thank you. Uh, tr- maintain that. We all need to be more outraged more often at the things that are outrageous coming from Donald Trump. the The other aspect of what he said, I'm going to play it here, is another thing that I've just never fucking heard from a president of the United States
3: and because of the weak laws they come in fast right. we get them we release them we get them again we bring them out it's crazy the dumbest laws as i said before the dumbest mm-hmm. laws on immigration no. in the world
7: so we're going to take care of everyone we'll get it the... done
1: name a time when the president of the united states of america has maligned our country and our system of laws like this we're the worst we have the dumbest laws the weakest he shits on America like someone who really does hate America everybody's just supposed to take it everybody's just supposed to accept it lame that is historic that is unprecedented Thanks for the call, Charity. We appreciate it very much.
7: Hola, Persons. John from Pennsylvania here. Hey, um, you know, the, they, they bandy about the word assimilation a lot. And I, you know, to paraphrase uh, uh, Princess Bride, is uh, I don't think that word, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Because they seem to assume that when someone assimilates into a culture that they promptly give up all of their cultural identity and become one with the cultures there, which would be all grand and everything and would basically mean America wouldn't have pizza or Roman Catholics or Chinese food or pickles or German things or anything else that is all part of the any Irish type uh, imports. Uh, anything else, really, uh, assimilation is us absorbing them and adopting their stuff for our own use and whatnot, you know. That's how it works, guys. Sorry, but it's true. Anywho, just wanted to throw my two cents at that. Have a wonderful bye-bye.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you heard this with uh, Tommy Laren's videos this week. You hear this all the time from people like Richard Spencer um, yeah, um and other more low key or people trying to be more low key <laughs> about
1: their racism. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um Yeah. I mean, pickles are delicious. So I mean, think about that.
1: It, it really is. Assimilation isn't on. It's not the responsibility of one party. Assimilation is a process that happens where everybody gets assimilated. People from other cultures come in and it inexorably changes for the better the american tapestry the right. culture of america
2: becomes richer yes i think they're i think it's a tactic though to use that that term because again going back to what donald trump said they're trying to say that there's like something unique about these individuals that they have an inability to just be like other human beings here right
1: other white-skinned Americans. So it's
2: another attempt to otherize yes. and 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 make them something different. Um, and again, well, again,
1: going back to the drop at the top of the show, mm-hmm. the drop dead lady. Yeah, <laughs> these people look back, and if 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 that immigrant family from Guatemala or Pakistan or India you know, whatever stereotypical brown-skinned family that Donald Trump fears so much, if they can't become Ward and June Cleaver Mm -hmm. from Leave it to Beaver from the 50s, they're not assimilating. Mm -hmm. If they don't have a wife, a husband, and 1.3 children or whatever the fuck the nuclear family uh, idyllic, you know, outlook is... Mm -hmm then they're not assimilating Oh, yeah. you're celebrating some other weird strange holiday that scares me. Ah, you need to assimilate. <laughs> you eat food that makes me scared. Uh, you're not assimilating. Mm-hmm. It's it's well, it's not helpful, but it's also, it's just fucking ignorant.
2: Yeah. It does come down to this inability to just accept differences. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's also contributing to this political climate. Um, it's it's just really unfortunate because, like John said in his voicemail, it makes life better. Yeah, all of these differences. So. It makes
1: all of our lives better. Yeah, yeah. It, uh,
2: step outside the box.
1: You know what also makes life better? <laughs> what if you go and rate and review the show on iTunes? Ooh,
2: look at that! We've
1: gotten a few g- good ones recently. Mm-hmm. Um. Our number is just fucking pathetic compared to how many people listen to the show. We've got we've got more Patreon supporters than we do reviews on iTunes. Well you know what does that tell you? Well I'm
2: gonna tell you it's Listen, it's really hard to open the app on your phone cuz sometimes your fingerprint just doesn't cooperate. You know what I'm saying? And then you unlock your phone and then you have to like find the app and, and then, then you have to open the no, app. then you
1: get distracted by Facebook.
2: Yeah, and then you have to go into the app and you have to click search and then you have to click I doubt it with Dollamore, and then you have to Wait, click no, you another You shouldn't button. have to do that.
1: We should already be subscribed. Well,
2: what you get what I'm saying, you have to push a lot of things on the phone to get there and it takes like a couple of minutes. You know? Oh, I
1: didn't know it was that much of a yeah. problem. All right, never mind, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Never mind. We, we don't need you to, to yeah. rate and review. No, no, no. It wouldn't help the show either. Yeah. you know, It wouldn't help to grow the audience and get us closer to three episodes a week. Right. So don't worry about it. Yes. Just, I, I, I'm sorry that I was going to impose that on you. Mm-hmm. If you would like to uh, communicate with the show, like John and Charity have done today... We would love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. One more time, a little slower. 657-464-7609. There's also the option of emailing a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com.
2: So I want to give a shout out to John.
1: Another John. Yeah, I
2: think John in Ohio. And he sent us a book. I
1: think he sent you a book.
2: Well, we'll get to that. He <laughs> he sent he sent a little note here. I mean I'll
1: probably read the shit out of that, but
2: he sent a little note here. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. I know a book is probably an unusual gift, but I mm-hmm. feel like you might enjoy this one. Enjoy. Okay. No. Books are not unusual gifts. I I love books. I want all the books. My Amazon, my
1: hang on, I want all the books.
2: <laughs> my Amazon wish list is basically nothing but books and Deadwood DVDs. So, um,
1: you want DVDs? We don't even have a DVD player.
2: Yeah, I don't. I I don't. My computer doesn't even have a CD thing where you put a CD. That's in. true. Yeah. So I think DVDs are uh, like a thing of the past now. Probably. It's like a
1: parchment scroll.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sapiens, A Brief History of Mankind is the oh, book. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and it's really hefty as well. It can double as a weapon. So I really appreciate, um, Holy gifts shit. that can do that. Yeah.
1: It is disproportionately heavy for the size of the book.
2: Yeah. It's, it's because these pages. Yeah. You can
1: cut a man's throat with one of these pages.
2: All right. Let's not get excited. I was thinking more like hitting someone with the object. Um. Oh,
1: okay. Just blunt, <laughs> blunt force trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not laceration.
2: Anyway, um, John, thank you so much. Not an unusual gift. A lovely gift.
1: I think I've talked about it on the show before. When 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 family members, friends, they talk about, oh, what do you want for Christmas or your birthday? Books or booze used to be my kind of go-to answer. Right. Right. And now I've also talked about kitchen items, cooking bullshit, yeah, but
2: John has given me the gift of knowledge. Yeah, and that's it's the greatest awesome. gift of all.
1: Wow. How profound. How profound.
8: hmm <laughs>
1: Support for I Doubt It With Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward. One podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com/slash. I doubt it with Dollamore.
2: We have two new Patreon supporters: John, John, and Scott, Scott. Beautiful.
1: Very. Very nice. Thank you for your loyalty and your listenership. We appreciate it very much. If you also would like to support the show on Patreon's not your thing. Like I say, every time you can shop on Amazon, go to dollarmore.com slash Amazon. You can do one time donations or, or perpetual, I guess, ongoing donations through PayPal. That's dollarmore.com slash PayPal. And uh, you can also buy some gear. I need to add things. If anybody has ideas for t-shirts or something, I could add to the to the little to the little uh, gear st- w- swag store.
2: Yeah, products you would like.
1: We would. I, I, you know, I'd love to to add that if I had the time to create the designs or whatever anyway
2: also you just ordered um bottles for i did i socks. am
1: sending out the hot sauce to those people who have uh who have asked i have got little two two ounce bottles that just arrived so i'm right. gonna
2: so we haven't written you guys back but we are working on it
1: that's in the works and yes. and and i i'm gonna have to find out how much shipping's gonna be because if if it's gonna cost a bunch of money to send as many to, to send as many bottles as people have wanted. So uh, I'll let you know how much it is. It's probably four or five bucks or something like that. You can just ship it on PayPal or whatever. Anyway, the swag address is dollamore.info, and we would love to have you sporting some some cool stuff. All right. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So, yesterday was an insane news breaking day.
2: I know we always say that, but it actually was. I,
1: it was. It, sometimes what happens, like if I'm in, in editing video or doing whatever, you know, thumb in the ass all day sitting around oh. the office, uh, I won't have. Uh, when, now I have two monitors, so I can have, you Ooh. know, I can have Twitter up on one monitor and then be Facebook. doing my shit. Um, Facebook doesn't help me with breaking news. No, I was saying Twitter is where it's at. I was
2: saying on one, you have Twitter and on one, you have Facebook. So you can be monitoring the trolls on all sides at all times. So, uh, so, so now I'm, I'm a little
1: better at keeping up with the news. And then you also, you, you're more, way more in touch with it and, Mm -hmm. and, and plugged in. So you, you, you message me on Facebook when shit starts going crazy Mm -hmm. and, uh, Yesterday was 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 breakneck. I mean, we had uh, Donald Trump's uh, annual financial report released. He submitted it. And it looks like it's actually been forwarded on to um, inspector general type people because of the irregularities in it. Mm-hmm. That's not really being talked about. Yeah. That's how crazy it was that that aspect of it isn't even being talked about. Yeah. Because also... Um, the Senate Intelligence Committee released almost 2,000 pages of documents uh, of testimony. Mm-hmm. And all kinds of breaking news happened relative to uh, Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. And the Russia meeting yes. in June of 2016.
2: Yeah. Well, one of those thing. those, I don't those. know what happened. Um, drinking coffee. And, and then apparently... also, hang on.
1: And then the other what? thing. What? What? Well, I want to get through the three main things. Oh, okay.
2: Get and then the, the other
1: thing happened was uh, this Michael Cohen money and these missing suspicious activity reports.
2: S R S A R.
1: Suspicious activity reports. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Ronan Farrow dropped an article on the New Yorker. By the way
2: Uh, You know what You can't steal my talking point
1: Go ahead I didn't know it was your talking point
2: I love Ronan Farrow And NBC News Anyway
1: so what I was going to say is I love (laughs) Ronan Farrow And I think that NBC News Well I don't even know what you're going to say NBC
2: News really effed themselves When they decided to screw him over They burned
1: him too Yeah
2: he was trying to break the Weinstein story And no one really knows for sure what went down But guess what We will soon Because he got a book deal Another book, um, another book deal.
1: I'm, I'm getting ready to start the the Department of State War on Peace. Yeah, his book,
2: um, and it's going to be about the catch and kill phenomenon that he's been writing about, and then also. Um, what happened with NBC News killing his Weinstein story or yeah. not wanting to publish it or giving him the runaround or whatever happened. Something happened, and he had to go elsewhere to get the Weinstein story yeah. published. Awesome. So, yeah. So, anyway,
1: let's start with the annual financial uh, report that Donald Trump filed, which is statutory. It's not like some voluntary thing he did. He has to do this annually, in which he admitted that he paid back Michael Cohen for the $130,000, and that causes a problem
5: for Donald Trump. Breaking developments involving President Trump and the payment, the money he now admits he paid his attorney and friend, Michael Cohen. President Trump's personal financial disclosure report was made public today, showing he reimbursed Cohen for up to $250,000. The exact amount was not clear. The president had told Americans on Air Force One he was unaware of any payment to Stormy Daniels and said... You'd have to ask my lawyer. ABC's Kira Phillips leading us off.
6: Just last month, President Trump claimed he knew nothing about his lawyer Michael Cohen's hush payment to Stormy Daniels.
0: Did you know about the $130,000 payment to Stormy Daniels?
6: But today, the president officially acknowledged paying back Cohen himself last year. It's buried in a footnote on page 45 of his mandatory personal financial disclosure report. In 2016, expenses were incurred by one of Donald J. Trump's attorneys, Michael Cohen. Mr. Trump fully reimbursed Mr. Cohen in 2017 between $100,000 and $250,000. It was the president's new lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who first broke the news Trump repaid Cohen for the hush money.
3: Funnel through the him, and the president repaid it. Oh, I didn't know he did. Yeah.
6: The president says he formally disclosed the payment today in the interest of transparency, insisting he is not required to do so. But the Office of Government Ethics disagrees, writing in its own footnote, the information related to the payment made by Mr. Cohen is required to be reported today's documents also reveal businesses booming at the president's washington hotel <laughs> trump international pulling in more than 40 million dollars last year also doing well mar-a-lago 25 million dollars in 2017.
4: many of the world's great leaders request to come to mar-a-lago
6: as for how it all affects the president's bottom line, we still don't know. Mr. Trump refuses to release his tax returns. This year, he filed for an extension.
5: And Kira Phillips with us live tonight from the White House. And Kira, President Trump says he did not have to disclose his payment to Michael Cohen, that he did it, quote, in the interest of transparency. But the Office of Government Ethics tonight saying that's not true. They've informed the Justice Department.
6: David, that's right. Ethics officials want to make sure that the Department of Justice has all these documents. It's unclear, though, whether they're going to pursue an investigation. But there are questions tonight about whether the president was required to disclose this payment last year. David.
5: Kira Phillips leading us off tonight. Kira, thank you. So
6: like the fantastic
2: David Muir, I I believe we would be very good friends if we met in person. Um, (laughs) Like he said, uh, Donald Trump is acting like he did
1: hang on i'm checking my e- oh it's david muir he emailed me he <laughs> oh, just yeah. said uh, fuck britney page i want nothing to do with her whoa yeah
2: what a dick yeah yeah i i was wrong about him <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is surprising who would have thought That's inappropriate yeah. sir um donald trump is acting like he he did this willingly of his own volition, that he didn't need to, uh, that he's doing the world a favor by doing this, that he's just being so transparent. (laughs) But no, you had to do it, so quit acting like that.
1: Yeah, it's a statutory requirement.
2: Yeah, let's stop.
1: Uh, The other thing is, uh, I wanted to kind of explain that he, he said the exact amount is not clear. And the reason that is, is because it's kind of a, they give a a range of payments made. So it it ran from like 100,000 to 249.99, you know, that they give ranges. So he doesn't have to give the exact amount. It's payments or obligations or liabilities within certain ranges. So uh, again, not a voluntary thing. It's not based on transparency. It's like after the Russia meeting, when they were like, oh, we're being totally transparent. Yeah, only after the media fucking came out with the, the details. Now you're being transparent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, this is going to cause problems for him. So the government ethics office forwarded this on to Rod Rosenstein at the Justice Department. Rod Rosenstein. I'm going to start getting that right. At the Justice Department saying this.
2: Today, I certified President Trump's financial disclosure report signed on May 15th, 2018 for calendar year 2017. OGE has concluded that... That's
1: Office of Government Ethics.
2: ...has concluded that based on the information provided as a note to Part 8, the payment made by Mr. Cohen is required to be reported as a liability. OGE Hang has... On.
1: Required to be reported as a liability. Not well, voluntary, required to be reported.
2: O- OGE has determined that the information provided in that note meets the disclosure requirements for a reportable, reportable liability under the Ethics in Government Act. I am providing both reports to you because you may find the disclosure relevant to any inquiry you may be pursuing regarding the president's prior report that was signed on June 14th, 2017.
1: So what is that, what what that means is that's, you know, kind of ginger language, delicate language of, hey, this should have been reported the year before and it wasn't. It's being reported now. Eh, that's a problem. Here you go. In case you're investigating these things, that's going to cause Donald Trump a problem. We're going to wait and see. And I wish this was getting more press, but that is where it is next up are the questions surrounding Donald Trump Jr., the testimony that was released by the United States Senate and all kinds of bombshells that came out of that uh, involving secret like 11-minute phone calls to block numbers, and they've kind of cross-referenced testimony that Lewandowski gave to the House that he said the private number of Donald Trump in Trump Tower is a blocked phone number. Uh, Donald uh, Jr. not remembering who he talked to for those 11 minutes, immediately following the Russia meeting. I, I know whenever you send me things on Facebook during the day, Brittany Page, I I often send back in large capital letters, they're fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, this was particularly interesting because um, Don Jr., uh, there were apparently 60 places where he couldn't recall something. Yeah. That's what John Dean said last night on CNN, that he read through the transcript or whatever, and that there were about 60 places. You where mean he-
1: tangential friend of the show. Yes. John Dean.
2: Yes. <laughs> and that that could get him in trouble. Yeah. That people have actually been charged with perjury because they proved that they... Could recall where yeah. they should have been able to recall, yeah. and they didn't. So he's putting himself in a situation where he probably believes, well, I can just say I don't remember, and everything will be okay, right? Well, that's that's not how this works.
1: Not how this works. So here is a little uh, a little package on what happened with that, with the almost two thousand pages of Senate testimony that was released. Also, the fact that the Senate uh, Intelligence Committee they released a report completely separate from the House report and divergent from the House report that said in no uncertain terms that uh, Vladimir Putin absolutely picked a side. He absolutely was rooting for his guy, Donald Trump, and supporting the candidacy where the House said, oh, there's no evidence. Well, there was no evidence at all. That's the bullshit. And and I think the split is a big deal because when it comes down, it, let, let, let's say that the, the Senate doesn't... Uh, doesn't flip. And we have more deliberative members there, more reasonable members in the Senate where the trial for impeachment happens. That's the jury in an impeachment trial is the United States Senate. So if the House flips and they forward articles of impeachment and it goes to the Senate for trial, if the Senate is not democratic, we're going to need Republicans who are reasonable and there are more reasonable Republicans in the Senate than there are reasonable representatives as a percentage of their, of their body. But here is something about the questions that surround Donald Trump Jr. and the, the meeting at Trump Tower with uh, Natalia Veselnitskaya.
4: Senate Judiciary Committee transcripts make clear that at the 2016 Trump Tower meeting with Russians, Trump's son, Donald Trump Jr., was expecting the Russians to supply dirt on Hillary Clinton. This is despite President Trump, his son, and others repeatedly claiming otherwise. A Russian lobbyist present for the meeting told senators that Donald Trump Jr., quote, was definitely in charge, and after some small talk, began by saying something to the effect of, so you have some information for us. In his own testimony, Donald Trump Jr. admitted that he was, quote, interested in listening to information about Hillary Clinton, adding, quote, I had no way of assessing where it came from, but I was willing to listen. This is a direct contradiction of the blatantly misleading story put out by the White House and Donald Trump Jr. claiming the meeting was about adoptions. Those interviewed say, however, that the Russians did not deliver the promised dirt and instead focused on their interest in removing U.S. sanctions on some Russians. Rob Goldstone, a British publicist who was in the room and helped arrange the meeting, says the discussion began to, quote, infuriate Jared Kushner because it was so unfocused. After a few minutes of this labored presentation, Goldstone said, Jared Kushner, who is sitting next to me, appeared somewhat agitated by this and said, I really have no idea what you're talking about. Don Jr. testified the meeting lasted 20 to 30 minutes, and at the conclusion, Goldston apologized to him, quote, for what he believed was wasting our time. Donald Jr. said he believed there to be a, quote, pretty substantial delta between the meeting's original purpose and what actually took place. Asked if he informed his father about the meeting and the Russians' offer to supply dirt on Clinton, Don Jr. repeatedly said he did not, explaining that he, quote, Wouldn't bring him anything that's unsubstantiated, especially from a guy like Rob, before I knew what it was actually about myself. However, shortly after arranging the meeting, Don Jr. made an 11-minute phone call to a blocked number. Asked if he remembers who that call was with, Trump Jr. said, I don't. My name is Corey
5: Lewandowski.
4: Democrats note, however, that former Trump campaign aide Corey Lewandowski testified before House members that candidate Trump's primary residence has a blocked number. A full year later, after The New York Times first broke the existence of the meeting, the White House initially claimed the meeting was primarily about adoptions. An explanation disproved when an email surfaced showing that Don Jr. accepted the meeting on the premise the Russians were bringing the expected dirt on Clinton. In his testimony, Don Jr. said he did not know that his father was involved in drafting the initial misleading statement. I never spoke to my father about it, he said, but the White House has acknowledged that the president himself took part in crafting the misleading response.
8: The president weighed in as any father would. (laughs)
2: Yeah, um, not only that, uh, the Trump organization coordinated with Russians um, on what to tell the public about the discussions. Yes. Um, And that's according to the emails that were published by Congress. And you were saying almost 2,000 documents. Apparently, it was 2,500 documents. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, I read all of them. So I'm fully prepared (laughs) to really break this down for the listeners.
1: Wow. I did not do Talk that. about the gift of knowledge, everybody. Um,
2: yeah. So the attorney for the Trump organization, Alan Futterfoss. Mm, Futterfoss. Something like that. All right. Um, You're so good with names. I really am. It's really a gift. And he, he said, quote, if you feel comfortable with this statement and are comfortable saying nothing more, at least for the time being, that would be our preference. Again, any statement should be accurate as to your very best recollection. Okay. Um he said that in an email to Rob Goldstone, the publicist, um to propose the statement, okay? So another uh, another Russian businessman, um who attended the meeting, Ike Kavaladze. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> He testified to the he
1: he is a representative of the Agalarov family.
2: Mm-hmm. He testified to the committee that the Trump organization's attorney, um, his proposed statement failed to mention the issues surrounding the U.S. Democratic Party that had been discussed in the meeting. Um, but he and others denied that "quote unquote" dirt on Clinton came up. But the thing is, Trump, the Trump Organization attorney Fuderfoss, <laughs> was talking to this Russian businessman by phone before the meeting was made public. So he was like communicating with him yeah. before the the meeting and the intent of the meeting came out, and. So really, these documents reveal this level of coordination between Trump's attorneys, the Trump Organization attorneys, and Russians who were at the meeting about including, what to say about the meeting.
1: Yeah, getting everybody on the same page so they say the same thing, including Natalia Veselnitskaya, who we know now, we know now. It was always suspected, and you know the writing was on the wall, we knew, but now we know no that she's absolutely a Russian agent working closely with the Russian government. So the Trump Organization attorney is giving talking points to a Russian agent working for the Russian government.
2: So so now they're acting like they're frustrated because they couldn't get information. They couldn't get damaging information about Hillary Clinton.
1: And that wasn't the case in the beginning.
2: Yeah. and A whole
1: other narrative about why they were frustrated with the meeting.
2: Right. <laughs> and and now it's coming out that, well, goddammit, the Russians came here and they yeah. didn't have any dirt on Hillary Clinton and now we're frustrated because we wanted it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's funny. You led me right into this next clip, a very brief clip of Rudy Giuliani who come on when are they gonna fucking cut the cord with this guy because this is him with Laura Ingram on Fox News and he feels super comfortable on Fox News
3: uh he said this when I ran when I ran against them they were looking for dirt on me every day I mean that's what you do except maybe you shouldn't but you do it nothing illegal about that and even if it comes from a from a from a Russian or a German or an American it doesn't matter and they never used it as the main thing. They never used it. They rejected it. If there was collusion with the Russians, they would have used it.
8: Do you?
1: Th- they rejected it. That means it was offered. You can't reject something that no someone doesn't have.
2: Mm-hmm. And let me guess, there was a follow-up about that? <laughs> Laura Ingram asked a follow-up question. Of course not. Yeah.
1: Of course not. They move on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because she's smart enough to know, oh, Jesus, he's hanging himself again. <laughs> You know, just like Sean Hannity did. They came back from break, and Sean Hannity, then he has his, his fine-tuned, fine-tuned, crafted follow-up questions to kind of undo the damage that Rudy did.
2: Because during the break, Sean Hannity gave him a sh- shoulder massage to relax him and ensure that <laughs> he was ready for the next segment.
1: But there he's saying they rejected it. It was offered. We can infer that it was offered if it was rejected. Because, again, you can't reject something that isn't offered. Yeah. If they come to the table and they want to talk about Disneyland, you you didn't leave the meeting having rejected a million dollars because that wasn't on the table. Yeah. You can only reject something that... Anyway, everybody gets the point, I think. Yeah.
2: Well, and I, I Trying know... Trying to convince
1: myself of it, maybe.
2: I know that we... We've already talked about this, but I, I would love for there to be a situation where Rudy Giuliani is on with Laura Ingram and Hillary Clinton is president. And there was some controversy over her possibly coordinating with the Russians. And Rudy Giuliani is saying this exact same thing. Right. Like that this is what people do. OK, like it's just what happens. <laughs> Chill out, everybody. It's a way of works. So here's another
1: clip from Fox News, that ridiculous show outnumbered. And it must be, I think, how they really earn their money over there, the talking heads, is one, clearly not learning how to pronounce the names of the characters in play here. Like, Hey, that's my job. Like Natalia Veselnitskaya. But is twisting and turning and contorting yourself to try to come up with some other bizarre reason for the meeting at Trump Tower?
8: What stuck out to you? Well, reading the transcripts, it seems like Don Jr. thought that this was a meeting where he was going to get information that turned into a lobbying effort by Natalia Veneskaya, and (laughs) that was it. So it, it, it was something that they said that they were doing, and they kind of turned it into something else. But when you get further away from it, and you get a year, two years past this meeting and the information that we have outside of it, let's not forget that Natalia Veniskaya admitted she was a spy <laughs> a couple of months ago. We know that. But wow. the most interesting part is that Glenn Simpson, who is the co-founder of Fusion GPS, was part of writing this uh, unverified salacious dossier about the about the president, met with her before the tr- Trump Tower meeting with Don Jr. and after the meeting, which makes me think this wasn't about giving Don Jr. dirt. This was about her going into Trump Tower and trying Try to get it, dirt it, on right? the Trump to
4: are
1: you kidding me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, they were there to spy on the Trump campaign. They wanted dirt on the Trump to give to Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Remember when all of this broke.
2: It's the collusion with the Dems. Yeah.
1: Remember when all this broke, that they they were Fox News and their compatriots, their comrades over at Fox News, the Trump team. They were tooth and nail fighting to convince the American people that this was about Russian adoption. That was the story. That was the story. And now they're admitting, oh, yeah, it was about dirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was about dirt. But Mm -hmm. they were there to spy on Trump. Yeah. It's it's just this ever-evolving narrative. What I've said has never changed. Mm -hmm. It's a problem that you have an agent of the Russian government meeting with promises of dirt on the opponent... That's what it's about. That's maintained. We've maintained that the entire time because the cards are very plain, very clear. That's what the deal is. Fucking Fox News. Ugh.
2: It's pretty remarkable.
1: Unbelievable. So let's talk about the next story, which is, again, they're fucked. <laughs> and that's this suspicious activity report. That there were three suspicious activity reports, one of which we know about, the details of, the transactions that were reported because of Michael Avenatti, and two which have been removed from the the Treasury Department's database.
2: From a federal database.
3: Which is earth-shattering news. Well, as we just said, thanks to reporting by Ronan Farrow at The New Yorker, we now know the source of the information about Michael Cohen's bank transactions that Stormy Daniels' lawyer, Michael Avenatti, first made public last week. Ronan Farrow has revealed that the source is an unnamed law enforcement official. The New Yorker article does not specify whether this official is a federal law enforcement official, but the official does reportedly have a high degree of expertise about suspicious activity reports about Michael Cohen's banking practices those reports are filed with the treasury department and maintained by treasury's department the treasury department's financial crimes enforcement network known as fincen it is a crime to publicly release those suspicious activity reports the official who made the michael cohen suspicious activity report public knows The legal risks involved. The official told Ronan Farrow to say that I am terrified right now would be an understatement. The official added, this is a terrifying time to be an American. All of the information that Michael Avenatti first made public about Michael Cohen's bank accounts comes from one of three suspicious activity reports that banks filed on Michael Cohen. That suspicious suspicious activity report refers to two previous suspicious activity reports that the official who leaked the report says are now missing. The two previous reports do not appear on the Treasury Department's financial crimes enforcement network. The official told Ronan Farrow, I have never seen something pulled off the system. When something's not there, that should be... Uh, That should be. I immediately became concerned. That's why I came forward. This is a permanent record. They should be there. And there is nothing there. The suspicious activity report that has been released shows bank compliance officers repeatedly trying to figure out what Michael Cohen was up to. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney filed a suspicious activity report saying that the transactions in Michael Cohen's account there showed signs of, quote, bribery or gratuity. Previous reports have indicated that the FBI raid on Michael Cohen's home and office and hotel room. Was, were, those raids were in search of evidence of multiple criminal offenses, including bank fraud. When Michael Cohen opened a First Republic bank account for Essential Consultants LLC, he told the bank that the LLC was set up to use, quote, his experience in real estate to consult on commercial and residential deals. Cohen told the bank that his transactions would be modest and based within the United States. In fact, the compliance officers wrote, a significant portion of the target account deposits continue to originate from entities that have no apparent connection to real estate or apparent need to engage Cohen as a real estate consultant. A significant portion of the deposits continues to be derived from foreign entities.
2: Okay, so that, that clip basically covered everything that I was he did. He getting ready points. to read yeah, from he the hit, article. He
3: hit the high points. Yeah,
2: but um, I, it started out like he was going to identify the guy. So it, it's important to note that this person is still anonymous. Yes. Um, just a concerned law enforcement official who, when he noticed that these documents were disappeared from the federal database that he had to come forward because he doesn't know why they're missing. He doesn't know if it's like Robert Mueller asked for them to be um, sealed or something.
1: Well, every expert that the media has, has contacted that I've seen has said, we've never seen, ever seen a suspicious activity report hidden or taken off the system. Right. They, They've even said that they don't even know the mechanism by which that would happen. Yeah. So it's a big, big deal.
2: Right. Or something more nefarious is going on here.
1: Like someone within Treasury is hiding it.
2: Right. And and that would obviously be more problematic. But luckily, this person is on the case. And... The reactions on Twitter have been um, exciting. <laughs> Daniel Dresner tweeted that um, he worked at Treasury on an anti-money laundering um, activities. And his reaction to this is, holy shit. <laughs> um,
1: well, th- that tells you something about it, it, this, the, the law enforcement officer who had access and saw this, who released this information. This is a, fe- a felony. This is a federal crime. It's a big deal. To release this information mm-hmm. to a journalist. Yeah. The fact that he or she is putting themselves at
2: risk. Right. Of a felony.
1: Is a big deal. It mm-hmm. means that this is huge. Yeah. They're not just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to release this. Right. It's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, the the article, and we'll wrap with this, the article ends with some quotes from him or or her. I don't know if they designate their their gender, but... Uh, It says, we've accepted this as normal and this is not normal, the official said. Things that stand out as abnormal, like documents being removed from a system, are of grave concern to me. Of the potential for legal consequences, the official said, to say that I am terrified right now would be an understatement. But, referring to the released report as well as the potential contents of the missing reports, the official also added, this is is a terrifying time to be an American, to be in this situation, and to watch all of this unfold. This is a concerned citizen. Right. And this is a big fucking deal.
2: So, obviously, Congress is going to have an emergency Q&A <laughs> with Mnuchin uh, to get to the bottom of this. They better. Right.
1: We'll see. I mean, we just got released yesterday. I would hope that the Senate at least would do the responsible thing. Yeah. And start asking some fucking questions. Yeah. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. This isn't normal. We keep screaming that. This is not normal. Hopefully, there are some concerned, country-loving, America-loving Republicans out there who cherish the rule of law, who cherish our way of life and our democratic system enough to do the right thing here,
2: yeah. I just love that. bringing us
1: full circle to the "I Hate America" drop dead lady.
2: Yeah, I love that Michael Cohen like went to these banks and was basically like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to be using these accounts as like savings accounts for my kids," you know, <laughs> just like five dollars deposited here and there, <laughs> and then he's just funneling millions of dollars through these accounts from foreign in- <laughs> yeah. entities. Like, what what are you doing? You don't think the bank is? They're just going to take your word for it and not like monitor what's going on with your account? It, it
1: does give me hope. Uh, and I, I mean, I'm in awe of the complexity and the sophistication of the financial system of the the banking system of the United States. The fact that there are markers that that lead them to believe and that they can rightly uh, quantify and label something. Oh, this is suspicious. We think it could be bribery or gratuity. Mm-hmm. That, that's holy shit. Yeah. That's exactly what it was.
2: Or a suspicious use of third-party transactors. Yeah,
1: it's just complex and just fascinating. So that is awesome.
2: Taken care of biz. Well, it's the athletes that were involved in the Larry Nazar case mm. with Michigan State University because... The, the
1: gymnasts and other athletes, I think, too. It wasn't just gymnasts.
2: Um, well, it's 332 women and girls who yeah. say that they were sexually assaulted by Larry Nazar that uh, reached a settlement. Uh, Michigan State University is going to pay $500 million. Wow. Yeah, 332 women and girls.
1: Half a billion dollars from Michigan State University. So this kind of could be an asshole of today, Michigan State mm-hmm. and obviously Larry Nassar. Right. Um,
2: well, but- and not only that, I mean, anyone who was complicit and how many people were complicit in this because 332 women and girls?
1: Hundreds of victims from this one man.
2: I mean, how many people turned their backs yeah. to what they knew was going on and, and chose not to act. You can't tell to that me... that many people.
1: You can't tell me that 332 uh, young women and girls, every single one of them was silent. Mm-hmm. Someone got told. Mm-hmm. There were warning signs, if not outright uh, admissions of what was going on, and they were fucking ignored.
2: I mean... Rumors fly when anyone is creepy. Uh, you hear it when, I mean, women are used to this. You encounter somebody and they're creepy and you warn other w- women about this person. Yeah. And I mean, it just, that's how it works. People talk about those characters. So of course that was happening about this guy. And you even heard those stories where the the one woman told her her parents and they didn't believe her and sided with Larry Nazar over her. Yeah. So, yeah, that was going on. They were telling people. And Ugh. and people made the worst possible decision to turn their backs on these victims.
1: Good for them. Good for these victims for pushing this. Um, I don't know if $500 million is enough, but it is certainly uh, something.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's good for people to see. That there are consequences for this. Yeah. Because hopefully it will give other people the courage when something happens to them to say, I'm telling. Yeah. And to speak up and not s- stay silent and be afraid. A-
1: absolutely. All right. We love you guys. We'd love to hear what you think about this or any other topic we talked about today or any other episode. Six five seven four six four seventy-six zero nine. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I it at com. Before we leave Really, we would we would implore you to take a moment and re- rate and review the show on iTunes or Stitcher wherever wherever that you listen to the show. If there is a, a way to re- rate and review the show, it does help us get in front of new listeners. A lot of these systems, this is the metric by which they promote or put us back into new and noteworthy. There, it, it does help the show. If you would like to support the show by doing something other than listening, by doing something other than rating and reviewing the show. We would love to have you in the Patreon family. We send you out some stickers. You, know, you can chat with us monthly on our Google Hangout call, which is always a really good time. It really is. We've we've developed a lot of solid relationships and friendships with the listeners who participate. And uh, we also do the live streams every Sunday. A live stream of the show. Uh, all of the different tiers. You can find the information on Patreon. dollamore.com slash Patreon. Buy something on Amazon, dollamore.com slash Amazon, or go buy some Dollamore swag. Dollamore.info. We love you guys. We appreciate your loyalty and your listenership uh, and the relationships that we've developed, helping us move the conversation forward episode by episode. We will see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore. This has been I Doubt
2: It. I love books. I want all the books.
1: Hang on. I want all the
6: books. (laughs)